and welcome to Best Laid Plans. This is Sarah Hardunger, and this is a podcast where we talk all things planning and planning adjacent. So today I am so excited to welcome time management strategist, Kelly Nolan, and our conversation is going to start in just a couple of minutes. But before it starts, I want you all to know that I've received a few emails and notes about the exciting news from Hobonichi, which is kind of funny to be covering this on an episode where Kelly takes us through an all digital planning method that she wholeheartedly believes in and makes work so well. But you all know I also love paper. And I was so excited to find out that this year, the Hobonichi Cousin and the Hobonichi Weeks and the Weeks Mega are being released in English. I've been waiting for this for quite some time. The only disappointment from my end is that they did not use the slightly bigger grid lines that they use in the English A6 version. The A6, for those who are not obsessed with Hobonichi products and sizes, is the smaller of the two sizes. It's half the size and area per page of the A5. The Cousin, the A5, contains both weekly pages, monthly pages, and daily pages. And I've wanted an English version of that for so long. But they did keep all of the layout of the pages, including the grid lines, including all the page features, similar in the English version to the Japanese. They've just gotten rid of all the you know Japanese quotes and labels and all of that is in English. So I'm super, super excited to see this release. I feel like my love affair, which is off and on with Hobonichi, is definitely back on with this news. And I will be doing an all Hobonichi episode, but I do need to receive my order first and I can't even place my order until September. So that will be coming. And in the meantime, you can continue to enjoy their month-long reveal. If you Google Hobonichi 2023, you will come up on their page where every single day in August, they reveal something about next year's release. All right, feel free to ignore all of that if you are not excited about Hobonichi. Um, I know that not every single listener here is obsessed with this line of planners. And that's why we feature wonderful guests like Kelly who are all digital and making the pieces work in unique and wonderful ways. So without further ado from me, here is my conversation with Kelly. I am so excited to welcome Kelly Nolan to the podcast. Kelly contacted me months ago and to my own fault and not her fault, we ended up having to reschedule, but she has expertise in all types of digital planning and time management tools. And I was really excited to get her take since we talk so much about paper on Best Laid Plans and I sometimes think I'm doing the digital side a disservice. And she also works with tons of professional women with big lives as she's been a practicing attorney herself. So without further blathering from me, Kelly, go ahead and introduce yourself. Well, hi, I am thrilled to be here. I am a huge fan of yours, so I'm slightly starstruck in a nerdy planner way. <laughs> um, but uh, my name is Kelly Nolan. I am an attorney turned time management strategist. And essentially, I was, long story short, very organized through law school, felt good on that front, became an attorney, quickly got overwhelmed. On the outside, I think I looked like I had it together. On the inside, stretched way too thin, constantly worried I was going to drop a ball and just not able to enjoy limited time off in the way that I wanted because I'd be listening to a friend and then like a zinging work thought would go by and I'd get stressed out. And so... I looked for help. I was like, this can't, this can't be how everyone's living. I thought everybody else had this like how to adult memo that I didn't get. And I looked for help and I just nothing stuck. Like nothing could really stick with me. And a lot of the kind of time management gurus at the time 
were a lot of men and nothing against men at all, but I just felt like their systems didn't fully account for all the roles that I played, the overlapping claims for those roles on my hours of my day, and just the mental load that a lot of women carried. And slowly over time, I pieced together a system that worked for me and then carried on practicing law. But then over time, I also realized that people were really interested in that method. And so about five years ago, I left law. And now this is what I teach. I teach um, what I call the Bright Method. It's a realistic time management method designed for bright women seeking bright lives. And I really love it. And what I love about your methods and what you talk about, Sarah, is that while our tools are different, while I love digital, I think our approach to planning and our strategies and the weekly planning sessions and all of that are very similar. So it's really complementary to what you teach from a strategy and approach perspective. Oh, that's so cool. Did you, um, so you were a practicing litigator, which is like kind of a big job. And at least that's the reputation that it had. And I don't remember you mentioning, but are there kids in the mix? Is there family responsibilities as well? Yes. So not when I was practicing. I actually left law and found out five days later we were expecting our first. (laughs) But I do have two um, little girls now and my husband is an ER physician. So you're, you know, speaking about medical stuff always resonates with me as well. And that really forced a lot of this too, because his schedule is ever changing. And so instead of being like, when do you work next? When do you work next? Like five days, five times a day we really had to kind of get into some system with some great communication between the both of us to manage his schedule and then two kids in the mix and all of that as well. Yes. And I definitely want to take a little bit of a deep dive into how you two work together to coordinate because it sounds like you face a lot of the similar challenges that we do. So, but first I want you to talk a little bit about your digital planning universe, your favorite tools that you tend to use and why you chose to go entirely digital uh, in the implementation of your system. I think to answer the first question first, going digital was a little bit forced on me. I used a paper planner through law school. I love paper planners. I still process by writing. It's definitely kind of the way my brain works. But when you know, at least in my litigator world, so much was handled on, you know, when you show up an Outlook calendar and an Outlook computer. And so it just got really like, I was kind of forced into it and duplicating a calendar with a paper calendar and then my digital calendar and how things shift and curveballs hit, it just became too much. And it felt like there was too much opportunity for things to fall through the cracks doing that. And so I kind of had to go all digital. And then I started leveraging some of the technology behind it, which we can talk about to make it less intimidating, if you will. But basically, my method is all digital from a time and task management perspective. I really like to simplify. So I encourage really just a digital calendar use. There's a lot like every task, every activity goes into a digital calendar. But there are ways that you can simplify, or I shouldn't say simplify it, but make it less overwhelming so you don't see like everything all in one view and you're like trying to parse what's a meeting versus a task versus all these different things. The main strategy I encourage clients to check out is you can do this in Outlook, you can do this in Google Calendar, you can do this in Apple Calendar, is creating a separate calendar just to try it out is and calling it like a task calendar or your activities calendar. And you can load it up with, for example, your work tasks. So you have your work meetings on your primary calendar, blocks your availability, but then you can have a separate calendar. You just call it like add a calendar. And you know you can Google that and then Google your calendar and add a calendar and call it something like task. And you can create a lot of privacy in that. The lawyer in me is always like, you know, 
anything you create on a work account, don't assume total privacy, but your average probably won't be able to see it. You can put stuff in there like draft a legal brief or draft a presentation or prepare for this meeting or follow up from this meeting or whatever it might be and kind of fill up your calendar with the activities of your day to get a better sense of, you know, what is your schedule today? What is your availability today? But then also, if you're like, I need to see what meetings I have this week, you can click off that task calendar and still see see it. And if you like that approach, I teach like a more leveraged one in your personal life as well. So you have like personal task subcalendar, work task subcalendar, and you can bring your kids' calendars into it, your partner's calendars into it, and you can see everything, how it all lines up. But then again, put things off and filter down into the view that you want to see. And interesting that you're kind of like neutral between the formats. Like you mentioned Apple, you mentioned Outlook, you mentioned Gmail. Google Calendar. Yep. So I guess it just depends on like if there's one of them that your workplace uses, whether you wanted to piggyback on that or have your own private one that kind of mirrors yes. the work side of things. Yeah, definitely. A lot of people are kind of stuck in Outlook, even if they prefer Google for their personal life. And so there's the, <laughs> a lot of the early starts of working with a client is kind of figuring that out. Like where are you stuck with? Where do you want to be? Can we get those two platforms to talk to each other? Because a lot of people feel uncomfortable putting their full personal life and their Outlook calendar for very legitimate reasons. And so there are ways that you can kind of bridge you know, your Outlook with your Google and things like that. And I'm not trying to be coy by not going into them. It's just a lot of different options and they're kind of boring and they're very specific. So we do kind of work through that together, but kind of get to a place where if you want to see your calendars together, that they talk to each other or at least show up next to each other. Got it. Yeah, I'm pretty haphazard with the digital calendars, actually, because I feel like I live and die by my paper calendar. And so it's unlikely that I'm going to miss something. And then also because as a physician, Epic, that doesn't interface with any of those for privacy reasons. Yeah. So it's not like I could see my patient appointments on my calendar, Outlook, any on anything. So totally. that has to live separately. And I will say the one thing that is kind of nice is that on my phone. And again, I sound like such a like digital idiot probably, but like <laughs> my Apple calendar pulls in both my Google calendar and my Outlook. Yes. So really I'm able to like kind of use that as like neutral territory and look at what I actually want to look like at. I'm not even sure how that got set up, but somehow it did. Yeah. <laughs> and it is. And it's Apple, pretty nice. Apple has been up until recently, I would say the best way to do that. It just gets more complicated if people want to see it all on their computer together. That could get a little more complicated. But Outlook has made some steps to like allow you to bring in a Google Calendar and even have it block your availability in some scenarios. So, But it just depends. Every Outlook setup is different. And I know I'm going into boring territory, so I'll stop. But it just, I, I know that it could be complicated. It might be boring, but it probably is relevant to a lot of people yes. who are stuck in those universes and don't necessarily want to be. So I think it's completely forgivable. I like it. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Oh, not well, the next thing. Oh yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say the next thing I wanted to hear about is your weekly. So I looked on your kind of bio and what you you do, and we're gonna talk about what it means to work with a time management coach because I'm actually very curious. It's not something I've ever done. It's not something I've ever done on the coaching end either. Although I feel like I indirectly kind of do it. Yeah, anyway, I definitely do think so. But you mentioned your weekly process being like a cornerstone of what you teach and what you live by. So can you give us like the ten thousand foot view of what your weekly process looks like? Yeah, I think we're actually very similar on what you do from what I've gathered from the podcast. It's essentially, you know, these systems work really well so long as all of the action items make it into the system. And I think that often when we're living our day-to-day -day life, we're just like kind of in the weeds. We're just executing. It's very understandable. But we also need to protect time to just take a beat, look up, 
look backwards, make sure we got everything done and pulled it forwards if we need to. Or even if we got something done, we might be like, oh, I did do that, but I never heard back from that person. (laughs) Like, let me follow up. And then the way you talk about it, I think you talk about like getting, going to all the places where you have different inputs. And that's such an important point is that even if we try and streamline, let's say into a calendar, whether it's a paper planner or a digital calendar, we still have action items flying at us from email, from if you're on Slack, if you're on Teams, if you're in meeting notes, you know, the action items we write down, like the mail, like all these places are little to-dos. And so taking a moment, and by that, I mean a long moment every week to kind of go to all those different channels of where action items come in and make sure you're gathering them. And then what I encourage is then bridging them into your calendar and using those tasks of calendars to really plot out when am I going to do these things? It's not a pressure situation where you're supposed to do them all now because I feel like that's impossible. But it's a time to be like, did I get everything? Has anything fallen through the cracks? Let me gather them. And now let me plot out in my calendar next week, two weeks from now, two months from now, when I'm going to do these things so that I have a game plan that shows me, okay, I don't have to do everything right now. It can get done. I won't forget. My calendar will remind me to do it when it's time to do it. And I can let it go until then and then actually take a break tonight and enjoy it because I know I have that game plan. Love it. I have a feeling, did you read Getting Things Done like five times too? Or is it just me? You know, I I did. And I, I love obviously some of the concepts of it. I struggle with like all the lists and all, I feel like there's just a lot of maintenance that a lot of us like don't have time to do on that front. Um, so to me, I kind of like, I like the concept of those lists and brain dumping, but then I want to bring it and bridge it into a calendar to like actually bring it to life in a game plan. I love it. I just feel like that's kind of where a lot of mine come from. And the way that you were speaking reminded me of that that yeah. kind of part of my brain. And honestly, I kind of like enjoy rereading that book approximately every five years, <laughs> even though I don't subscribe to every like specific thing mentioned either. And some of it obviously is like a well, some argue plus or minus, but I think some of it is a little dated because our digital tools can do certain things for us. Right, but right. Um, anyway, that's what that reminded me of. So that's yeah. awesome. And I think though, and then just the second, just to wrap up that weekly planning session, once you've kind of gathered all those things and come up with your game plan is really just going through, I encourage like the next two weeks and making sure it works because we kind of just throw things in our calendar and it looks quickly like it'll work, but it's such a good opportunity to just like look very carefully in a kind of tedious, boring way, but an oh so worth it way to be like, what does Monday look like? What does Tuesday look like? Oh, I didn't realize that work meeting would go late. Let me adjust childcare to accommodate that. Just those little tweaks are like, oh, that meeting is a 45 minute drive between them. Like I need to push that other meeting by 20 minutes. If you can issue spot those ahead of time, it just allows you to shift them way before anyone gets stressed out about it versus like stumbling upon it and realizing that and then like driving like a crazy lady trying to get there and it's dangerous and doesn't serve anyone. So it's a nice way to avoid those conflicts just by looking ahead once you've gathered everything and kind of like throwing it in there. It's like smooth it out for the next two weeks. And I love the idea of looking at two weeks. So you're kind of overlapping a little bit yeah. because there are certain things that can take more than just a few days to fix, or at least if you want to do them in that like really responsible kind of planning ahead type of way. So that's, that is awesome. Yeah. All right. We're going to take like a one minute ad break and we will be right back with more. Organization always gives you time. Brian Tracy said a minute spent planning saves you 10 in execution. You already know this. That is why you follow Sarah and listen to the Best Laid Plans podcast. 
The Sunday Basket is a natural partner for your planning routine. The Sunday Basket contains and corrals all your ideas, paper notes, to-do lists, and mail safely until you're ready for your weekly planning time. The Sunday Basket system has been proven to save five hours each week once you establish a weekly habit, which usually takes four to six weeks. My name is Lisa Woodruff, and I'm the founder and creator of The Sunday Basket and the 100-Day Home Organization Program. Sarah and I chatted in episode 33, and she's been sharing her Organize 365 journey with you here on Best Laid Plans. Organize 365 is proud to sponsor the Best Laid Plans podcast. You can find out more about The Sunday Basket on sundaybasket.com or try our free seven-day mini course by going to organize365.com slash mini course. I am thrilled to welcome sponsor Jenny Kane back to the show. You can shop with code PLANS for 15% off. And let me tell you, there are some absolutely amazing summer pieces to choose from. Jenny Kane has a minimalist yet luxurious vibe, and the fabrics in their clothing are just perfection. For summer, think light cotton and linen, breezy silhouettes, and simple elegance. They have dresses that can be styled in so many ways to make them perfect for any occasion, and their cotton knits are perfect vacation staples. You will layer them over everything, and they can elevate every look. Jenny Kane also has amazing accessories from the perfect classic belt to gorgeous summer sandals. Enjoy a summer wardrobe refresh with Jenny Kane for pieces that will truly last for seasons to come. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code PLANS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code PLANS. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Embrace your summer aesthetic with Jenny Kane. Today's episode is sponsored in part by EarthBreeze EcoSheets, dermatologist-tested hypoallergenic liquidless laundry detergent. I love EarthBreeze because it's more convenient than jugs of liquid laundry detergent. It's more environmentally friendly, and it works. EarthBreeze got rid of unnecessary chemicals for a formula that's kind to sensitive skin of all ages, including babies. And their lightweight cardboard packaging takes up just a fraction of the space in your laundry room versus traditional detergent. Just think, these tiny sheets can stop millions of detergent jugs from entering our ecosystems. In fact, 500 million detergent jugs end up in landfills and oceans every single year. That is a lot of plastic. To make things as easy as possible, EarthBreeze offers a flexible subscription so you never have to run out. I love the reduction in plastic and how well EarthBreeze works with sensitive skin. I definitely recommend giving it a try. Right now, my listeners can receive 40% off EarthBreeze just by going to earthbreeze.com plans. That's earthbreeze.com plans to cut out single-use plastic in your laundry room and claim 40% off your subscription. That's earthbreeze.com plans. All right, we are back. We were just discussing the weekly review process. So now I wanted to pivot and talk a little bit about how your main audience is women with these big jobs. We have physicians, we have lawyers, we have executives. And I'm curious, what are some of the biggest mistakes you see some of them making that you're able to help them with? One of the concepts that I teach is time blocking. You know, at the end of the day, it's putting things in your calendar and blocking time. I think that a lot of people have tried that to some extent in the past before they work with me. So it's not like I'm blowing their mind by saying, let's like put your tasks in your calendar. The biggest mistake that people have made that's completely understandable 
is that people hear about the concept of time blocking and start taking their to-do list and putting it in their calendar right away. And I think the mistake we make is that we don't fully factor in the invisible to-do list of stuff that we all do every day. And when I mean the invisible to-do list, it's all the things that we typically do every day that don't usually make it into a calendar or onto a to-do list, but take up like hours of our day. (laughs) So, you know, even if you don't have kids, it's like showering and getting ready, maybe walking your dog, cooking meals, deciding what meals to make, you know, all those kind of things. If you have kids, getting kids ready in the morning, packing school lunches, doing bed and bath time with the kids, like all of those things, each of them take, I mean, roughly 20 to 45 minutes each. And we're doing three to five of them at least every day. That's hours of our day. And so what I encourage doing is using typically what I'm talking about just now is like a personal task subcalendar and really plotting all of them out and just like repeating them every day. You know, I shower and get ready roughly around this time. Every day I walk the dog roughly around this time or these times. And then that is the nice part of a digital calendar is that you can then just adjust as your days shake out. You just drag and drop, move it around a little bit. It doesn't mean, okay, you do, you, you know, religiously have dinner at this time every day. But it gets the mental load out of our head more and lets us see how it all interacts then with our work life. And so I encourage people to do that on the personal front. And then we also do that to the work front to some extent. Like, when do you want to hold meetings? When is your energy best? Which when would you rather work on focus work? When do you want to deal with email? Um, when do you want to return phone calls if that's a big part of your business? And only then, once you've kind of created that container of the remaining time that you have to give to your to-do list, then take your to-do list and start plotting it in. It will give you a much more realistic idea of what time do you have to give to those more like one-off to-dos. I love that. And I think the thing that struck me as you say that is I wish there was not a gender divide with all this, but the kind of thoughtful planning of the personal is something that I think some men at least don't really contend with. Like they just kind of like they do their job and then like the personal kind of fits in when it fits. But most women, and I am generalizing because there's definitely exceptions, they don't have that luxury. Um, And I include myself in that because there are so many other little things. And if I don't do them, and this is not shade on my husband, but like there are certain things that like I just have ownership of and it is what it is. And if I pretend that's not the case and don't acknowledge the personal and like actually think through the personal, then it actually like ends up messing up the professional as well. So I just like, I love that you have the attention to like both sides, which in a way is like a little bit of an admission to ourselves, I think for some people, but I mean, again, if that's not someone's reality, great. But I think that for most women, it probably is. Yeah. And I think what's really nice about this, I will say a surprise benefit to clients that I didn't fully anticipate is a lot of the women I work with will say, I'm improving my relationship with my partner through this because making it really visual and making it more objective gives you the clarity of everything you're doing. And also, if they could just take this thing off your plate, it would really, you know, free up this part of the morning. And I'm using my hands a lot, so sorry for those who can't see me. But like, if you get really clear on these are all the things I'm trying to do in the morning, then you can more objectively and clearly see, okay, if I could get this one thing off my plate, this would free up my morning a lot. Let me put that on their plate and have a conversation with them. And you're just able to talk more specifically about the help that you want. I've had clients be like, you know, I used to be like, I don't know, I just need help. (laughs) And when you do this by getting really clear about what are all the things you're trying to do and specifically what they could do, 
it allows you to ask for that more specifically and truly get the help that you need. And so that's been a really nice benefit for some people coming into this to get that clarity and then be able to ask specifically for help. So what does your communication look like with your emergency physician (laughs) husband? Like, how do you guys kind of talk through the week ahead? Do you have a certain time you like to do it, a certain format you like to take? Yeah. So a lot of it happens in the calendar because there's always just like moving pieces and you have to see like how it all comes together. So I have access to his calendar. I will say over time, it's one of those things that I don't impose the system on anyone, like even my, my husband. I also don't think everyone should run their time in the way that I do. This is just a system that worked well for me and it works well for some clients. So over time though, living with me and seeing it, he's like slowly adopted part of these things. So he has like a work calendar and then also a personal calendar. So his shifts go in his work. When he's driving, his commute time to and from goes in his personal calendar. So I can see that because he has a big commute. So, you know, knowing his shift schedule helps, but he also leaves like an hour before. So I also have to factor that in. But then I'll put things just unilaterally on his calendar. Like he's in charge of our youngest during this time because of this. And then we'll talk about it occasionally, but at least like immediately on his calendar. So as he's planning, it's there. And if it's an issue, then we just talk about it. We also aim for a weekly meeting as well, more like 20 minutes. I think the weekly planning session is much bigger. I I should just be upfront about that. I do think real planning takes like an hour and a half to two hours. So I just think we always wish it took less time, but it's well, well worth it. I think of it like corralling the decision making. Similarly, the weekly meeting with your partner it's just more of a shorter one where you go over like the abnormalities of the week, you know, when, if you, if, you know, who's home for dinner, when, who's making dinner, when, that kind of stuff, if you want, what are we having, if you want, but you can make it your own. Also, if there are financial decisions you want to make, anything like that, it's a great opportunity to me, one, to have those conversations, but also to corral those conversations. So you're not feeling the pressure to have them all the time. It's a really nice way to free up the rest of your time to just talk about fun stuff instead of just all the logistics. If we can do that once a week, that can really help. But I will say, I think anything that you're trying to do with someone else, especially a busy someone else, if it doesn't happen every week, like it's just reality. So don't even beat yourself up. It's just a good thing to work with. But that's why I do think having the digital calendar that we share, we have, I have his calendar, we have a joint calendar, he sees the kids' calendars. There's just can be a lot of communication through that, even if we don't sit down to talk about it. So interesting. I think it takes the right kind of partner to be willing and accepting to that. Probably those with a more rebel nature might be like, oh, it's on my calendar Then I'm not going to do it because I didn't (laughs) put it there. But I think with the right combination, that sounds really, really magical. And especially if they kind of know like, okay, my husband always reviews it on Sundays. So I need to make sure if there's something I want help with in the upcoming week that it's like there by Sunday morning when he always looks at it, like thinking through even those little kinds of details because plunking someone on someone's calendar that's happening in five minutes probably isn't helpful. Definitely. So there's still going to be some sort of like established rhythm of this, of this system. And I'll I'll throw out there that um, I completely agree with you. I think we have to meet our partners where they're at and bridge the system to them. I will say though, I've also had some clients where, you know, when you do all this, when you put it all in your calendar and put it all in there, it can look very overwhelming in the sense that everything time related is in your calendar. The way I think of it is before there was a lot of white space, but you knew it wasn't free time. You were doing all this in your head. You were like making all that happen in your head and holding onto it. So while our calendar is more cluttered, our mind is more free. But I've had clients who are like, well, I don't want to show my partner my calendar because it might overwhelm them. And I'll just throw out like, Sometimes it's good to overwhelm them. Now they understand like why you're asking for the help you need. You're not trying to be 
you know, Maggie, you're literally managing all these different things. And like, it can be really helpful for them to see like, okay, if I just take this one or two things off their plate, everyone's life will be better when they see how much else you're managing. It makes more sense to them. You get more buy-in on that front. Totally makes sense. Well, one other thing I wanted to ask you about, just because I this you might be the first time management coach I've ever had on. What does working with a time management coach actually look like? Is it like a finite series of sessions? Do most people do like three? Are there people that just do continuing coaching? What does that look like? I think there are probably time management coaches that do more like one-on-one work and more, you know, a lot of executive coaches also touch on that type of stuff. For me, I think because I don't think of myself as like a time management expert. It's a little bit more like, this is a system that worked well for me and let me teach you this system. I used to do one-on-one coaching and then the pandemic hit and then my husband was gone in the ER and my daughter was home and I lost all daylight hours and I was like, cool. (laughs) And so I shifted actually into teaching a group program. So I pre-record videos, people watch them on their own time and then we get together once a week to talk about it. And then actually, um, so it's an eight-week program, just to give you context, people learn, we do a chapter each week, and then we get together to talk about them. And then in weeks, I think it's four, five, and six, we also break out in industry groups because we have medical professionals, legal professionals, women in corporate, and then small business owners. And then just the pain points are different in different industries. Like We learn a lot from each other. And I think there's a beautiful part of like getting exposed to other industries and understanding what works well there. But then, you know, you have notes and patients where, you know, lawyers have like hard court deadlines and dealing with that. So it can just, they're different time management pain points. But I got to say, I never thought a group program would work. I thought that, I mean, I had a level of shame around this when I was struggling with it. I thought people would not want to kind of get together and talk about these things. And it has been magical. Like it is way the results are so much better than when I was doing one-on-one work in part because I can tell you a thousand times, like this is very normal. A lot of people feel this way now that I work with all these women. I know this, but there's something different when you're in a room, like a Zoom room (laughs) with 30 women who are you're very impressed by. And they're also talking about this. You just remove the judgment from yourself, which frees you up to look for solutions instead of thinking it's some internal flaw with yourself. That is so cool. Yes, I can see that. Like the individual is great because you can get to the specifics, but the group is so powerful because yeah, it takes the aloneness out. It takes any of the shame out. And it probably people can share what works and they kind of get stuff from each other. So, oh, that's fantastic. All right. My final question for you is, is there any unusual tool, digital or otherwise, that you love to use? You know, I really, I know this is going to be a boring answer. And I think that we really want that like fun, quick fix, awesome app out there. I just, I'm kind of boring. And I really just think a digital calendar, if you leverage it correctly, can be that game changer. What's nice about it, it's likely a tool you're using already to some extent. It's not a huge learning curve. I think a lot of these apps that are so fun to try out, there's like a huge setup. There's a huge like learning curve. There's a buy-in. You forget to look at it again. <laughs> there are all these different problems with or um, cons of going for something new. And when you can use a tool that you're already using to some extent and then really leverage it and build on there. It's like weirdly fun in a nerdy way. (laughs) And definitely, I know that you love um, the aesthetics, which I also really appreciate. And I get to buy like pretty notebooks to help satisfy that. But I also play with the colors too. I know that sounds weird and people are like probably roll their eyes, but 
it's really fun to play with those color palettes and make your digital calendar a fun place for you to be as well. It's not quite as beautiful as like washi tape and things like that, but it does satisfy that aesthetic element to some degree as well. Love it. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for having on. This was a lot of fun and you have inspired me to take a deeper dive into my messy Apple Google Outlook (laughs) hybrid mishmash. And really, I love the idea that group setting for people. So I will definitely link up to where people can connect with you. Where can people find you otherwise? Uh, Well, I'm most active on Instagram. So at underscore Kelly Nolan underscore. And then also kellynolan.com is my website if you want to check it out. And I truly, truly love nerding out on this stuff if you can't tell. So um, feel free to reach out to me, whoever wants to. I, I really love talking about this stuff. Thank you so much, Kelly. This was so much fun. Yeah, thank you. I really, really enjoyed that interview. And I really, really just love Kelly's overall vibe and her expertise and how much work she's really put into creating this thoughtful program. I love that she comes from a background of doing a really hard, I guess, time-sensitive, time-pressured job and has taken the tools that she applied there and really built her system around that. And I just found her incredibly genuine and sweet to talk to. I get a lot of like solicitations from coach types, but somehow this one struck me as different. And after speaking with her, I feel like I made a really good choice. I'm so glad I had her on. So if you're interested in a more intensive kind of course or one-on-one coaching in terms of how to kind of get her digital systems to work for you. And I think much, much more. She goes deeper into, you know, dividing things at home and and really just coaching you on how to enjoy and use your time the best you possibly can. Then definitely check out her website. She's at kellynolan.com. All right. I will be back next week with an all Q&A episode. I have a number of questions just building up, but it's not too late for me to add some more. So please get those in. I'm hoping that by next week, I'll have a Google voice number to give you that you can text. So stay tuned for that. I'm very, be very excited to get some texts from you guys with questions or even some photos. And I think that'll be a really nice, easy way to reach me. So thank you to those who reached out as well to share that that is a way to do that. All right, have a wonderful week and I'll be in your feed next Monday. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.